Now you were saying the devil went down to Baton Rouge. What what the heck are you talking about? The oh, devil I'm, went to Baton Rouge? Look, I'm so discombobulated this evening. I, I don't even know whether the devil went to Baton Rouge, whether the devil was at City Hall today in the city council chambers. We'll talk about it, but folks, let me guarantee you we are flying by the seat of our pants tonight. Well, I mean, look, Charlie Daniels was an American icon, and I don't care what anybody says. That might be one of the most uh, greatest American songs ever written. The devil went down to Georgia. I I cannot disagree with you at all on that, Mr. Lowry. But my my long-term favorite, you know, the old uh, rolling down a hill like a snowball from hell or whatever. (laughs) I was going to say, I think it's probably a Waylon song. So that's, that's still my favorite. That's still my favorite. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Look, did you notice our background? Looky there. Mr. Freeze like Batman. And when Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Freeze. Uh, Yeah. 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 You know, I noticed that frozen everywhere. It wasn't frozen in Baton Rouge today, but it was frozen in Bossier city, but yet, one local government agency in Bozier said, I mean, I don't know. It's like they they you, they know no end. They were telling people on one hand, stay home, be safe, don't get out. But oh, by the way, we're gonna have a council meeting and a charter meeting. But, and but if wait. you make it great, we'd love to see you. But if you wreck, don't call us. But but <laughs> wait, there's more. So You know, I put one of my snarky little posts up on Bozier Watch about we know the reason, which is money. Well, lo and behold, I was right. Because you know what takes precedence over uh, citizens being able to relatively safely attend those meetings? Do you know what takes precedent over that, Mr. Lowry? Why? I'm assuming the expenditure of taxpayer dollars. Bingo. Well, or in this case, the generation or continued collection of taxpayer dollars because the city council literally waited to the last minute. So, and of course, we know why they did that. But they literally waited, admittedly, to the last minute to put the millage proposal up. And so they had to do it today or they couldn't get it in front of the bond commission to have it in time on the next ballot for April the 27th. Now, I didn't go back and double check to see if that millage would have expired or if they could have waited to put it on a May ballot or on the next November ballot. I I didn't do my due diligence on that because, well, I had to drive back in the ice because the Charter Commission meeting lasted until like, I don't know, 530. Oh, I I guess that was a house full of people there braving the snow and treacherous ice to come to that one as well too, huh? Well, it it was a pretty good crowd considering the ice look hammonds was there chris smith stayed for it. even tommy stayed there uh you know the the deputy marshals were there of course uh more hard to cpa was there because you know his wife is on the commission so you know so yeah. so needless to say we got a little bit of stuff we're going to talk about about Bozier, and yeah. i know that you're going to be probably leading the charge on that because you was kind of following that but we're also going to talk about all of the, we like to use the word shenanigans, and that's actually not the right word because I really didn't see a lot of shenanigans. I saw a lot of ideas going on, but I'm sure our special guest waiting in the wings to come in making enlighten us of any shenanigans maybe that he saw. Well, but I'll be intrigued we, to hear about that here in a few we, minutes. We, 
we've got a legislator that's going to come in and give us a little bit of uh, some insight of maybe what we didn't see. I, I got to admit, I primarily followed what was happening on the Senate side regarding the uh, special session. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. What else is on the agenda? Well, we're going to talk about taxes, taxes, taxes. I've got some information and a little bit of history on the Cypress District and what's coming up there. So we'll spend a few minutes on that. And then we'll talk as much as I can about the city council meeting and the charter commission meeting going from my notes because we don't really have the video. I can show some of the video, but like I said, we're all discombobulated. All right. So let's go ahead and do the intro and the countdown and all that. Well, we'll, well, wait a minute. Wait a wait, minute. What, what? You, le- you left I, something off because, you know, the, gun. the folks that are watching, they may want to, you know, we tell people, y'all, y'all look, this is what we're going to talk about. You need to tell somebody that this may be pertinent to them. You left one thing out. What, whatever could I have left off? Well, don't you know, the Bossier Parish School Board had a little special meeting to fill oh. a vacant seat. I forgot about that. Yeah, have they did. have they been pulling any shenanigans over at the school board office? Too, I don't know if you just... call it. I don't know if you would call it shenanigans, but I made an observation about the questions that the existing school board members asked and the people who had submitted their names. One of the people that submitted their names, their last name was Gaddy. Whoa. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds intriguing. Is Ryan trying to get back into politics? Well, I tell you what, we'll have to go to the break, come back and talk about it. And I'll let you know then. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit the countdown, the intro, get the screen ready for our guest because I haven't had time. Uh, Folks, y'all know the drill. We'll be back in about three minutes. Y'all like and share and tag folks. Um, We're going to share the show out. I'm going to get the guest screen or try to get it ready. And we'll, we'll be back in about three and a half minutes. How about that? Let's do it. All right. Let me see if I can hit the right button tonight. A lot of the back office on the politicians that they think walk on water, uh, they would be shocked. You know, there's an old wound from a knife in my back that just is giving me heck lately, and it's just really irritating, so I have to kind of wiggle around a little bit. Well, I, I've not heard my name in stable or Baton Rouge in stable in the same sentence in a long time. And I titled it a shot across the bow of the good old boys. Just, you know, they feel helpless, they don't feel heard, they have nowhere to turn. Some Republicans as well believe that government has the answers. And let me tell y'all something, I don't know anything government does well, nothing. And aren't there laws that say that you have public meetings so that the public can have accountability of their elected officials? They're making a little bit of progress, but I would definitely have to give uh, give the race to Caddo Parish right now. I don't know, is there anybody from Plain Dealing watching, you think? As a member of the media, I'm very concerned about the what I've just heard. Did you or did you not requisition uh, money to fight against this or for it? We hire a, uh, a lobbyist. So for this week, folks, the cockroach of the week, according to Bozier Watch and Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief, is Raymond Croon's legislative assistant, <laughs> Allie Feaster Smith. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm not thinking Star Wars at all. I'm thinking <laughs> zombie apocalypse. 
No way. Okay, it was not okay. David. You know it wasn't David Montgomery. David okay. ain't going to jump off in there with Chris. He's okay. going to do it. He'd soon spit on him as he would even look at him. Man, this is a Mickey D's Krispy Kreme wheat. Didn't you know? Who, who's paying y'all? And if you're driving on the roads, are you safe? Uh, it's on the road, yeah. Well, I know you're on the road, but I mean, is this all <laughs> folks coming from the border down there? Yeah, it's going to the border. It's actually going to Mexico and buses. Doesn't mean they interpret it the same way that I do. For instance, the Second Amendment. I take it very literally. That's been interpreted different ways in the court system all the way up to SCOTUS. Yeah, that's only going to cause more division that he claims he doesn't want to cause. And it's only going to cause more suspicion. We're still right now combined on both pages in YouTube at 264 people watching. That is amazing, folks. Coleman Project, the Walker Place deal through conscious shocking actions. The purpose of their actions was to stop plaintiffs, being the Ural Coleman and, and associated groups not, from developing Walker Place. But here's a key thing, which in turn would enrich sitting city council members, Scott Irwin and David Montgomery Jr. You hit the button, does that mean that uh, people are like seeing us sitting here talking and well, chatting? In theory, you know, it's an every week thing. We got to double check and make sure it's like a miracle any of this actually works. Let me, let me pop us back into the screen <laughs> real quick. I told y'all folks we're winging it, so I apologize for the ads. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, this edition of Bozier Watch brought to you by night. Brought to you tonight by Pelican Training and Consulting, Acadiana Mortgage over there, Smarter Geek over here, that's me, and of course, the Outdoor News, which is over there. There we go. There's our sponsor ads. Well, nothing like jumping right into it. Got no problem with that. And yeah. I, right. I say without further ado, if you're ready, we go ahead and bring our guest in and let's jump right into it because Baton Rouge has got some things happening. I agree. Let me see if I can get Danny on screen now. There we go. Can you hear us, Mr. McCormick? I can. How are y'all doing today? Oh, doing great. And even better, we can hear you. <laughs> there you go. I'm, that's great. So, Danny, it it uh, is back to the wild and crazy in Baton Rouge. And, uh, I mean, I don't think this was the first day, but maybe I think the most uh, business got conducted today i mean would that be accurate assessment we got a lot done today i agree you know as you very well know we're we're doing three major things i guess we, we redrawing congressional maps uh supreme court maps and voting on closed primaries and uh and so those things are moving right along and uh, through the system and uh there's some say we may even be done by Friday, you know, whether that's correct or not. We may be here through, through next week, but um, we passed the, the uh, closed primaries out of House Committee today and suspended the rules so it could be heard on the House, rule, uh, House floor tomorrow. We did, did the same thing with the Supreme Court uh, map and also the, the uh, appropriations for the elections for closed primaries also moved out of committee and, and into the House floor, and we suspended rules so we can hear all three of them tomorrow on the House floor. Oh, y'all are moving along pretty good with all the, uh, let's see, we've got, correct me if I'm wrong, we've got the uh, Republican uh, House, we've got control of the Senate, and we got control of the governor's office, right? 
That, that's correct. And, I, you know, I guess the, you know, the congressional map, you know, I just kind of share this with you, the congressional map, when Jeff Landry briefed us in the Republican delegation meeting, uh, basically what he said was we'd lost the lawsuit. You know, they tried to defend the congressional maps and we had two choices, either we could redraw them or let a, and these are my words, not necessarily his, a liberal judge draw them for us. So that's why we're redrawing the congressional maps. Now the uh, Supreme Court maps, they have been redrawn one time in 103 years. So that's a, that was back in the 1990s. And, uh, and as Jeff mentioned to us in the Republican uh, caucus meeting there was that uh, there's no way to defend those maps. Some of them may have as high as 800,000 uh, population in it and, and another one may have 400,000. So those, those maps are being redrawn because he said those, he said, we can go to, we haven't uh, litigated these yet, but it's, it's a losing cause. So we, we need to go ahead and get these behind us. And, uh, and, you know, there's a couple of interesting things. I know Blake Miguez had a bill trying to make those uh, uh, congressional, excuse me, Supreme Court mounts be elected statewide. That's something interesting going on in the Senate. And of course, my favorite is closed primaries. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed it's not going to go down to the local level. Um, I was wishing it'd go down to the dog catcher. If I had my uh, preferences, that's where it would go. But it uh, looks like it's going down to, uh, uh, to, to everywhere, maybe district judges being the, uh, the lowest level that it's going to. Uh, but I'm excited about closed primaries. It's uh, something I think we've needed forever. I think without a strong uh, governor like Jeff Landry would have never got this uh, pass. You know, in our re Republican uh, meetings, we were, the rhinos were, were singing the blues and uh, they're not looking forward to, uh, you know, uh, running in closed primaries. So, so I followed all of the all of the bills on the Senate side, and I, I watched the committee, and 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 pretty much all of them came out of committee that the Senate was proposing. But on the House side, I, I honestly I didn't pay attention to anything. Um, so, but but definitely on the House, it it's definitely not going below at best case district judge on, on the closed primaries. Yeah, that's what they're. Yes, that was our last briefing. That's correct. Um, and, you know, I think we're getting pushback from the uh, local municipalities, maybe the sheriffs, and, and I'm not saying every sheriff, I'm not saying the ones in our area, Northwest Louisiana, I don't know, but that seems to be where the most pressure is coming from. And, uh, but like I said, I, I told them in the, in the meeting, guys, if, if closed primary is the answer, let's do closed primaries. Let's take it down to the, lo to the dog catcher. But uh, that, that wasn't the general consensus of the bunch. So, uh, we're not going as low as low as we should go, in my opinion. But I guess what they say in politics, you never get everything you want. All right. So educate me a little bit. So I'm going to play, you know, uh, play the uh, uneducated political person here. What is the advantage or disadvantage to closed primaries? versus, of course, open primaries. And, and let me clarify for everybody, an open primary means that whether you're a Democrat, independent, no party, I guess, or whatever, you can vote in a Republican election and vice versa. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case in this, in this particular instance. You know, there's different, uh, we haven't got down into those details yet, but, you know, the, the um, 
intent is have the Republicans pick who the Republican uh, person is that will go in the general election. And you know, that's being uh, gonna be in the spring that, let me give you some disadvantages, like me being an incumbent, uh, we have uh, spring uh, primaries, but we also are in session. And, and so I'm, I can't be knocking on doors like I used to. So that's, a, that's not a good thing. Um, the, but on the other hand, give, let's just talk about my particular race I had this year. You know, my opponent was his strategy was to, uh, in my district, there's probably about 68% conservative voters, 32% uh, liberal type voters, I guess I would say. And my opponent was trying to appeal to those 32% and get that percentage of the vote and just, just draw enough Republicans. What this is the best part about it is going to let people run to the right of rhinos without the Democrats being able to weigh in and pick which Republican. Now, let me give you a downside though too. In my district too, in, in the same, the opposite kind of happens on the Democratic side. Like right now in uh, Senate District 39, we actually get to pick North Caddo Parish, which is largely Republican, and uh, gets to, gets, has to influence on which Democratic senator gets elected. Statistically speaking, we can't uh, elect a, a Republican, but we have a lots of, you know, lots of sway in what Democrat senator gets elected. Well, under closed primaries, we won't have that ability. We will be pretty much neutralized in the Senate. So. There are, you know, you're probably going to get people that are going to run more conservative Republicans, but you may get more leftist Democrats too. So, but, but, but most states are doing this now. I think we're the only ones left with a true jungle primary. And I think it's a, something that, uh, that no other governor before could, would have been uh, strong enough to get, get across. And I'm excited about it. And, and as me as a founding member of the, the Louisiana Freedom Caucus, we've, actually endorsed Jeff Landry's plan for closed primaries also. Yeah, I saw y'all had put your endorsement out. It came out, uh, well, I saw it the first thing this morning. You may have put it out probably before then, but uh, that, that's good that you did. Um, you know, the Bossier Parish Republican Executive Committee, we, we called an emergency meeting, not that anybody knows, but we actually called for all of our local legislators to support it. And uh, we, we endorsed it as well too. You know, a lot of people, Danny, say, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, we, we, you know, we may lose in a couple of places on this issue, like being able to influence here. But in the same token, you know, the other side of the aisle, they're going to lose in places as well, too. But it it levels the playing field because you're not allowing a middle of the road uh, moderate to be able to influence something one way or the other. Why should a Republican have to accept a moderate, you know, when the Republican Party says that we want limited government, but yet we're supposed to take the person who can get a vote that uh, has an ideal of, well, maybe we should accept some of these moderate leftist ideas, you know, and uh, not be so much to the right like Danny McCormick. I mean, this enables us to have more candidates that are conservative like you and less of the moderates going into a general election. And I know I'm talking a lot and I'm trying, I'm getting to the question here. A lot of people misunderstand and they think that, well, okay, they could just say, let's like say they could run against Danny McCormick. 
But then once they run against Danny McCormick, they can just switch parties real quick and then go qualify as a Democrat. Is that how that works? Uh, we discussed that actually today in, in one of the meetings we have. But uh, and and we're going. I believe the way it's got the bill reads, and we're going to make sure that the author was answering the question. She's going to make sure this is how it reads when it comes. Uh, uh, qualifying will be before the primary. So whatever you qualify for, you can't qualify for something else. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to qualify as a Republican, you got to do it before the primary. You can't switch after the after the primary is over with. That, so, so no, that can't happen. You can switch parties, but you can't you can't sign up because the qualifying is before the primary. Yeah, and the, and the reason that I say that is because, and Rex, hold, let me hold that thought. In our notes, I had it built in because I was going to go in depth because in Iowa, we just saw in the caucuses up there, you know, like Trump won all of the counties, right? But then all of a sudden there was this one county that Joe Biden won. <laughs> one by a hundred percent suddenly was all of a sudden going to Nikki Haley. Well, what they're reporting is, is that the, the caucus ran out of uh, party affiliation change forms because Democrats were rushing to the caucus to change their party affiliation, to be able to vote for Nikki Haley against Donald Trump. So, there's a lot of concern about people and some shenanigans going on right there. I don't think it's founded, but I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. That's why I said that and asked that question. That, that was a, a legitimate question too, and, and and it is concerned, and that's why we need these to debate and, and everything because it, lots of us hadn't even crossed our minds that that could happen until it come up into our, our Republican uh, uh, delegation meeting today. So, yeah, the, the author was pretty sure that couldn't happen, but but was going to double check and make sure it couldn't happen. All right, so here goes the question to address Cindy's and the comment and a couple others and all that and to kind of go back to part of my question earlier. So I just pulled up the numbers. There are 821,000, well, that's little, 906 registered in our registered no party in the state of Louisiana as of January 1, 2024. How does this affect those no party or independent, if we want to generally call them that, voters when we have a closed primary? Well, and, and it depends on what, what law we passed. As you very well know, there, things are fluid now. Things are changing. The, the, the bills are working through the process. And I think, uh, 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 I think this is the way it was going to be. There's going to be a, there'll be a uh, Republican primary, there'll be an independent primary, there can be a Green Party primary, there can be a Democratic primary, uh, but no party is no party, so there would not be a no party primary. So would they get to vote in the uh, in any primary they want? I, I don't think so. I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think they're going to have to change their party affiliation to be able to vote in the primary. Now, they will be able to vote in the general election at the end. So. Uh, but uh, we, we don't know that for sure yet. It's kind of fluid. It's moving. It's got a long ways to go before it gets to the end. But I think that's the preference of the, of the legislature right now. Legislature right now. Okay. Good deal. Thank you. What, uh, what, what, what do you think on the uh, Supreme Court? Jeff Sadow just made a post, and Jeff says, 
it's more complicated than than what Danny says. Landry's preferred uh, congressional map may have constitutional problem, and there's no legal reason to have to reapportion the Supreme Court. It would take a major shift in jurisprudence to make that even if a large degree of malappropriation exists, you know, unconstitutional. I mean, so basically, I think what he's saying is, is that uh, eh, it's not necessarily to the level that we need to make a change in the uh, judicial, you know, districts. Um, is that kind of your take that or, or is the feel down there that the legislature feels like they have to and that they're going to get sued if they don't? Uh, actually, I think they've already been sued. I don't think it's uh, been to court yet, but basically what the governor told us, him being the attorney general and, and Liz Morrell was in the in the room when he was making his comments that the maps we have now are undefendable. You can't defend them in court. So that's their opinions. And, you know, all I can do is, you know, attorney general is the one that's going to have to defend us. So by the fact that they're saying that, I just have to assume uh, that that's true. Uh, the other thing is the maps were actually b drawn by the Louisiana Supreme Court justices. So, uh, you know, I don't know that, and I say that, I think it's drawn and, and approved by five of the seven judges. I don't think two of them actually approve. And, uh, uh, and, and so I don't know where that map winds up, but if it winds up in front of the judges that drew it, I guess they're going to think it's constitutional. I don't know the answer to that question. Now, there, there are some... We're actually, the map actually splits, the last map I've seen, let's change, split Cattle Parish in half. People aren't happy with that, that, that uh, the way the map is drawn. But uh, the way it was drawn was to, uh, and most maps are drawn this way, I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's to, uh, so the incumbents can run in the same districts and the people that are term limited are not running again, that's where they're changed at. And that falls in Northwest Louisiana. And there's a lot of people from Northwest Louisiana and, uh, some of our justices, I think, one or maybe two of the justices aren't happy with the way the map's being drawn. But at, in this particular instance, it looks like the way what's the map is going to be passed. Well, I, I will tell you, and I have them in the notes, and I'm not going to I'm not going to beat you down here. We're beating you enough. But uh, there was actually out of the Senate side, I'll tell you, there were three maps that came out of the Senate side, and uh, you're right, one of them did. I mean, it, it, it just made a, uh, a Swiss cheese out of Caddo, it looked like. And uh, I, who knows, I hope that one doesn't make it, make it through there. But, you know, you also had the proposal that had its map of its own uh, increasing the justices to 10 um, justices. And uh, that one actually looked pretty interesting, I have to I have to admit, though, I will tell you, the the members of that Senate committee, um, it looked sketchy there for a second that it, it was even going to get moved on it. <laughs> yeah, I, the is this the argument is you want justices that from your area that are you know that are located in your area that, to represent you on the Supreme Court. You know, my thought process would be you know, long as we have majority conservative judges, I would be happy, but. You know, maybe that's not right. Some others disagree with that. They say, you know, that, you, you know, a conservative judge from South Louisiana is going to have a different view, a view than a conservative judge from Northwest Louisiana. So that's, that's a good argument. You know, it kind of comes down to the uh, Jeff Landry has, has uh, got his preferred maps, and I'd be shocked if those don't get the votes needed to move it out of the House. So you're, the you're, seeing, you're seeing Jeff's influence being that strong. 
yes, I mean, yes, I, I, I see it that way. I may be wrong, but uh, I do, I, I do. And, you know, uh, you know, you know, I want to say something about uh, Governor Landry, too, that I think is important for your, for your viewers to understand. And I'll say this, everything, it doesn't matter if you're talking about business friendships or government or political people, the best indicator of future performance is past performance. Jeff Landry has been a staunch conservative. I don't know if I can say that about another half dozen people in the state of Louisiana, but he's been a staunch conservative. So, uh, you know, when it comes down to, you know, who do I, you know, at the end of the day, who, who am I influenced by when it's a toss up? I'm going to be supporting the governor till he proves himself otherwise. And uh, so, you know, Jeff Landry, he's been staunch and, and that's that's coming for somebody. You know, he was probably he was probably redrawn out of his congressional district and he was in Washington because he was such a conservative. That's a very good. Uh, I don't know if they didn't get get rid of him in Congress by doing that. <laughs> All right. So here comes the inevitable question, because you are one of my favorite state reps, Danny. So now that we now now that we have Republicans on the Senate side, on the uh, uh, House side, and we've got the governor's mansion, how soon are we getting constitutional carry? You know what? That's a good question. We are getting it. I can guarantee you that. Uh, two things I don't know: will the call for the uh, criminal justice special session? be broad enough to have constitutional carry in that session? I, I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm ready to go, I have my bill drawn up and I'm ready to go. Or would it be in the regular session? You know, what we have to worry about is, uh, uh, is them watering the bill down. It's no doubt we're gonna get a bill. You know, we don't, we don't want a bunch of uh, caveats put in there like, uh, you know, that I, I tell everybody, you, we wanna pass a constitutional carry bill that people don't have to go to class and so it's so constant confusing to be able to carry concealed without a permit. You know, and also it's important to me, and I know this is gonna be a target. It has been every year. I've been down here trying to change the age from 18 to 21. You know, that's just, that's something that I'm very passionate about keeping it at 18. Uh, as y'all very well know in Louisiana, uh, you, can't, you cannot get a concealed carry permit till you're 21. Um, the, the gun groups don't wanna change that because we have reciprocity with so many other states. If we change to 18, we'd lose reciprocity with several states. So I said, okay, y'all give me a you know, concealed carry with a permit at 18, or you give me constitutional carry at 18. You know, I have four granddaughters, three of them killed their deer. Most of them, I think two of them are at six years old, one of them at seven. And when they turn 18 years of age and they're most vulnerable in their life and we send them out of the home, we don't let them carry a gun in their purse to protect themselves from murders and rapists. I'm appalled by that. In a state with so much crime, and they're, they're trying to take those rights away. When they can take a gun, they can take a 12-gauge shotgun, strap it on their back, and legally walk in a store, if it, unless it has a sign saying they can't, they can walk around with a 12-gauge shotgun in Walmart on their back legally, but it can't put a 38 snub nose in their purse. I mean, that well, just makes no sense. Well, here's the ultimate paradox, too, is they can legally open carry a handgun as well, or pistol. Bet. They can have two forty fives with a shoulder holster. As long as you can see them, they're good. But you can't put it, you know, so that that's just, that's silliness, you know. It's, it's silliness not to make the age 18. And that's going to be a fight, and that's, that's very uh, passionate about that. 
you know, that we don't allow our young ladies to conceal carry without a permit to protect themselves. And I'm passionate about that. So I'll see that as being one of the fights there, Rex. Well, you, you have my full support. <laughs> well, thank you. I know you're surprised by that, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> for for the little little itty bitty bit that it's worth, you have my full yeah, support. Hey, it's worth a lot. I, I appreciate that very much. You know, the people in Louisiana have waited too long for, for constitutional carry. You know, every state that touches Louisiana has it, 26 other states in the union. And the people, and they, it's a right they took away from us. They had no right taking it away from us. So it's it's time they uh, they gave it back because it wasn't theirs to take. Bingo. You got that right, brother. Well, we ain't going to keep you. We know y'all had a long day, and uh, we appreciate you taking time this afternoon. I mean, I know, <laughs> I, I don't know how it is to be a legislator, but I know how it is to stand down there with all these freaking people in these suit and ties and arguing all day long. And then at the end of the day, to come on a show to talk about this crap with a couple of jack wagons on a show. I mean, I appreciate it. I respect it. Hey, I, I, we appreciate y'all. You know, this, if there's one thing I can say, and I'd like to say to your audience and, and, and please listen audience. One thing that's important what's happening in Baton Rouge, when you talk about the majority and the reason there's a majority in the house and the reason there's a majority in the Senate and the reason we have Jeff Landry as a governor is grassroots, Shows like this one and voters like you putting the pressure on your elected officials to do the right thing. And don't think now, don't go to sleep now. It's like the, it's like the, we're like in the first five minutes of a four quarter uh, uh, Super Bowl game. Don't go to sleep on this. It's just now getting exciting down here. So stay involved, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate the grassroots. I mean, that's what's changed in this world, in this state is, uh, is that energy. That's why I'm here. If it weren't for shows like this and people like this and your viewers, I would not be here because you can bet the, the bureaucrats and the career politicians didn't put me in Baton Rouge. Well, we appreciate you too, Danny. You do a good work down there. Yeah. Keep, keep us informed when we need to have put in red cards or green cards because we can do it from here. <laughs> that, that sounds great. And we appreciate that very much. All right. Thanks a lot. See you later. Thanks. Yes, sir. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Thank y'all. Well, as usual, that was a good conversation uh, with Mr. McCormick. Yeah, Danny is always on point. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't following at all what was going on on the House side, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure it was a lot of the same, and uh, primarily the Senate stuff. And I want to tell you, I wasn't the only one that was kind of following what was going on. If you'll share my screen, I'll tell you, uh, walk on water. I mean, what? what would be a Bozier watch that we didn't talk about walk on water? All right. Let me see if I can get your screen pulled up. Let's see. Share Duke screen. Publish. Back to live mode. Okay. Well, well a, I got it zoomed in a little bit. It's a little big. Uh, you know, I'm trying to work okay. out this multiple uh, monitor thing here. But anyway, uh, you know, he says, uh, hey, we've just seen a very uh, and very concerned with uh, the proposed congressional map presented in the Louisiana legislature it remains my position that the the existing map is constitutional that the legal challenge to it should be tried on merits uh, so the state has adequate opportunity to defend its merits. So, you know, Mike Johnson is advocating that we let's go to court. Let's keep on fighting. Well, and, what, wait, wait a minute now. Refresh my memory. Didn't we just have a guest on like literally a couple of minutes ago who said, and I'm closely paraphrasing, 
we can't defend those maps in court as they are. Well, you know, our our good neighbor walk on water, I think, is talking about the congressional maps. I don't know okay. that he's talking okay. about the uh, judicial the maps. Oh, yeah. So, so well, everybody's got to everybody has to understand. You got to take a step back here. Let's dumb okay. this thing down. We're good at right. this. I mean, right. So we're talk. We got two problems here. One, you've got the congressional districts, and okay. you. I think it's already. I, I would have to disagree with Walk on Water. I mean, I know y'all find that hard to believe, but it's already been to court, and the court said, "Hey, Louisiana, you got to redraw your maps. You got to do something different, right?" Well, Mike is advocating that we keep on fighting. I, I mean, he may be right. He well, may be wrong. Well, he is a lawyer, and although he's got a dog in the hunt, I mean, it could be that his district could be affected maybe a little bit. He's only the Speaker of the House. Maybe he thinks he might have some influence in Baton Rouge. I mean, he's only uh, went along with the Biden budget, and we're sending money to Ukraine, and our debt's increasing. And anyway, I'm not going to go off on the tangent. I mean, who who cares? So what? So what if they got transgender studies in other countries paid for well, by us? But but hold on for a second. So I'm I'm still a little confused. Help me out here. In this quote, is he talking about the congressional map presented to the legislature today that Danny I, I, was just talking about? I think that he is. I think that he is. And if you will go to, I I counted three different congressional maps, and I have them in the cut three, cut four, and cut five. And okay, if you give wanna, me a second. Uh, we can start working to pull those up and we'll show everybody exactly what was being deliberated. <clears throat> I'm sure that these were similar maps that were proposed in the House, but these were the ones that I captured uh, being proposed in the Senate today. <clears throat> so, so I'm going to, I'm going to hold on for a second. So I'm going to zoom that in, but I realize it's a little blurry folks. It's a, it's a screen capture. And for those of you listening, it's a map of Louisiana showing some, I guess, proposed Duke, you'll tell us in a second congressional maps. Yeah. This is one of the examples of a proposed map. And you see how you can see by the shades of the colors. We can't, I mean, the, the image is not good enough for you to see the numbers, but um, as you can tell, this map in particular, I mean, it's it it it's got it hovers the left hand side of the state, dropping down almost to Lake Charles, goes all the way up, takes a part of Caddo, loops around to Bozier, I mean, almost to Monroe. But there's a sliver of a district that comes up, obviously, and takes out part of Caddo. Um, you know, I don't I don't know everything that goes in. I don't know if this was the map that, you know, Walk on Water was taking issue with. I would assume that this is the map that he may or he was probably taking issue with. But let's go to the next map. Let's look at that one. This was okay, another me, proposed map. Let me drag it over there. I'm going to zoom it up some. Okay, so as you can see in this one, the the congressional district four it changes a little bit and but but most of the north state and the the northern and south uh western congressional districts all are blocks um which would be more representative of the rural areas it keeps shreveport bozier northwest louisiana contiguous 
Um, but if you get down there around Orleans and down into that area, you can see that's kind of where it gets a little sketchy down in that area. Um, especially keep going the way you're going there. I mean, you see that little finger down there in the way. <laughs> Is that called gerrymandering? What's Isn't that the right term? Yeah, well, I mean, the same case could be made for the previous map with well, it taking true. a finger right up into Caddo and taking part of Caddo. Um, yeah, to really. But why do we have to have these little fingers? Why are they drawing them this way? Why would you do that? Well, well I guess it should be following population, right? No, it's not following population okay. at all. It's following the color of your skin. Oh, well, following a certain population, then. Let me rephrase that. That That's right. It's following the color of the skin. That is the point of this. So we said it. Let's go to the next map. That's why you, you have this. That's why okay. this is happening. And before we do that, real quick, let me put this comment up here. Uh, let's see what Jeff Sadow has to say. He says, you may not like to hear it, but Mike is right. To be brief, the Kavanaugh concurrence leaves room for a constitutional challenge that could rescue the current map. In fact, the state has argued that in the similar case challenge or in fact, the state has argued that in the similar case challenging Louisiana's legislative districts. So Mr. Sadow is agreeing with MJ. Yeah, and, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying walk on water is wrong. I, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. And if you want to, while I'm yapping, go to cut five. Um, yeah, that should pull, be. It. Pull the third map up there. I'm not saying that walk on water is absolutely wrong, that we shouldn't challenge it, challenge it and, and keep kind of going at it a little bit. Uh, but, uh, Jeff, maybe you will recall, but I think there was a similar case. Uh, it was either in Alabama or Mississippi, maybe even Georgia. I don't know which one it was that did go up to SCOTUS that basically uh, set the mold that Louise, Louisiana was going to end up having to, follow the same route. If we, if we pursued the same course, we would have ended up getting the same result. Now, look, I'm no lawyer and I ain't followed this to a T, but th that was my understanding. Perhaps I'm, I'm wrong. I don't know. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. So this is, uh, this is cut five. Is this one we want to be looking at? Uh, yeah. And, and again, it's just three different proposed, uh, congressional district maps and uh who knows which one's going to win out um you know your guess is as good as mine yeah so like i said what we're showing here and for those of you listening to the podcast version is just proposed congressional maps and i and i want to point out that i think uh now now you you're jumping ahead a little uh, yeah, bit yeah i jumped to the scotus one hold on let me uh, let me get rid yeah. of that one and let me put this one back. There we go. Now, I wanted, to, I wanted to point something out that one of these maps uh, has a, a Womack influence on it. I don't exactly oh. remember know which one it is, but you might can put the last name of Womack on one of these maps. Uh, would that be like <laughs> David Womack? I've heard that name before. Now, David Womack's not in the legislature. I'm just saying there's some oh. individual down there, a state oh. senator with the last name of Womack that has a little okay. bit of influence on something. Just making sure, you know, that other David Womack fellow from down there around South Bossier and, and what you know, out there in the sticks, he's uh, he gets around. You yeah. know, he's, he's got some influence and some pull. He gets, 
Yeah, that's right. So, so look, close. I mean, uh, congressional redistricting. That was not the only item that was happening in Boz. I mean, in uh, the legislature, as we were talking to Danny McCormick earlier, you know, closed party primaries, and it, the in our notes, Rex, I have a link. Um, you know, I was telling you the story about you know an event. There was something that happened. There's a little short video that explains what took place up in uh, Iowa in their caucuses. All right, give me just a second, and I will get that pulled up, because, of course, I am exceedingly unprepared tonight. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, mute so, this. so a lot of folks, you know, y'all, what are we talking about? When we're talking about the closed party primaries, for a lot of y'all, I mean, by all means, I mean, y'all know what we're talking about, but there's a lot of people that they don't understand. They hear, they hear, People saying, okay, we're calling for closed party primaries. What exactly does that mean? So right now, as it is, we all have what's called a jumble, a jungle primary. And that means that Republicans, independent, Green Party, Democrat, everybody throws all their names out there at one time. And if you're a Democrat and you want to vote for a Republican, you can go vote for a Republican. If you're an independent, you want to vote for a Democrat, you can vote for a Democrat. If you're a Green Party and you want to vote for an independent, you can do that. Hmm. So sounds sounds like pretty good, not a problem. Well, the the problem is is so Republicans should be or for the most part identify as being say limited government or conservative. Democrats believe that government should, you know, do more for people. They, you know, they're in favor of more government programs to give more to the people and take care of them and therefore taxes to be able to pay for all of that. You know, so if you have a district, let's say that's primarily Republicans, the Democrats realize, hey, we can't win. So and I'm just giving a hypothetical. So the Democrats say, okay, well, let's put up somebody that we know is not really, doesn't believe limited government. They believe more along the lines of what we believe, and we'll get them to run, and they'll get a certain percentage of the Republicans. We'll vote for them, but then we'll give them the Democrat votes, and that will make them be able to get elected, and it will be more of a moderate uh, Republican. That You know, they'll be more like a Democrat than they would be a Republican. Yeah. Arguably, I would say that is what has gotten this country into the hell of a bind that we're in now. Because in Washington, D.C., you don't have no distinction between a Republican and a Democrat. Well, I yeah, I would expand that further in D.C. But, yeah, I absolutely agree with you that the problem is, you know, once they get elected, they, they run on certain things. Once they get elected, it's all one party. And it's the party of the politician, not traditional Republican, Democrat, independent, you know, libertarian, what a pick your flavor. All right. So do we want to, uh, do we want to roll this video here? Yeah. So uh, it was a report, CBS news. I'm assuming that's uh, legitimate. We can quote them and uh, yeah, play it. All right, here we go. Interesting night. They just finished uh, voting. This was a room in favor of Nikki Haley, overwhelmingly so. Ron DeSantis second, Donald Trump a distant third. The most interesting. 
development of the evening, and Anthony Salvanto will, will find this to be very interesting indeed. They had 50 forms for people who wanted to register tonight or switch their party registration. They ran out of those forms. Members of the caucus team here had to run out to multiple people's homes to get printer paper and get their printers fired up. They printed another 25 or so sheets of paper. They estimate about 75 people were new registrations or switched their registration from Democrat to Republican in order to play in this caucus tonight. And I think that's a big reason why Nikki Haley uh, was lifted up. You're getting a little noise here as they clean up. Uh, was so uh, impressive in this particular outing. If she can repeat that, because we're talking about 20% of the vote here, thereabouts, give or take. Yeah. Uh, were All right. So what, so what happened here, guys, was the Democrats had an operation to try to slow Trump down a little bit. They wanted to help Nikki Haley out. They don't care about Nikki Haley, but they wanted to slow Trump down. They wanted to beat Trump. So they had an operation. They got so many Democrats to go to this Republican caucus saying, hey, we've suddenly decided we don't agree with, you know, being a leftist. We don't agree with Democrat policies. We suddenly want to be a Republican and <laughs> we want to vote. So they can switch party, you know, to vote for Nikki Haley to try to beat Trump. So you have somebody, another party trying to influence the other party's nomination. Well, well, let me just add this little tidbit in. So I was watching one of the reports on the Iowa caucus, which honestly, this particular caucus doesn't really steer the presidential election itself. And the stat was that the Iowa caucus Winner hasn't predicted the president in, I think they said, 24 years. Now, I haven't gone back and checked those statistics myself. But the point of that is, if the Democrats are, and I'm sure the Republicans play this game too, but if the Democrats are willing to do this just at the Iowa caucus, what are they willing to do during the rest of the races? Oh, absolutely. And and maybe it's semantics that we're even talking about it a whole lot but the but the fact of the matter is is if in here in Iowa if they had not had closed primaries they would have never caught this in the first place yeah. Yeah. very you know what i'm good saying point. good point okay so uh i have no idea where we are in the notes let me switch screens so i can change my screen and check and see where the heck we so, are so the the justice thing, the Supreme Court justices. Now you said SCOTUS. SCOTUS is Supreme Court of the United, United States. States. Yeah. So this is like, I don't even know how you would pronounce it. SCOTUL? SCOTULA? <laughs> Supreme <laughs> Court of the Louisiana. Of Louisiana. I don't, know. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. The so Supreme Court in Baton Rouge. How about that? Yeah. So here's the deal. Like, Supposedly, the Supreme Court justice districts in Louisiana, a lot of y'all, there's a, and you should be concerned about this because this really affects Northwest Louisiana. And you heard Danny talk about how there's a disparity. Those districts haven't been redrawn in, I don't know, he didn't say 100 years, but it seemed like it. I think he said 100 years, but yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah, a long time, like forever. And he talked about, you know, there being, uh, you may have 800,000 people in one district and only 400,000 in the other. Well, that's not balanced at all. Not even close. He He's right in that regard. <clears throat> and I don't know if he was talking in relation to the Northwest Louisiana 
kind of district, but you know, obviously our district is in the crosshairs. I mean, w without a shadow of a doubt. Um, not that I think that anybody in South Louisiana is directly saying, hey, we're going to screw those people in Northwest Louisiana. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just that the number the numbers thing isn't working out quite right. And, you know, it, it's got to be changed. Um, and let's face it, half of our people up here are Dallas Cowboy fans. So that doesn't help. So now all the Dallas people are going to be hating on us. Yeah, that, that, thanks a lot, Duke. Piss off all the Dallas folks. <laughs> so here's one of the proposed maps. This one came through in the Senate today. And uh, don't know the likelihood on this one. Let's see here. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That is a revision, a, a, a map to revise the existing maps that retains uh, one, you know, justice in charge of everything and six other districts, you know, so a total of seven, which is the existing number. Um, again, they're proposing to change that districts. The, the justices themselves have put forward a map. I'm not sure if it's this one or not, but the interesting thing, there was, <laughs> I'm, I'm all, so now you're I'm getting, getting hit. You're getting text already. Cowboys fans took offense. They're, they're, <laughs> They're hurt. I'm, my my messages are blowing up now. <clears throat> well, all just right. For so the, just for the record, I'm non-denominational. I, I don't I don't watch NFL. I mean, I could care less if the Cowboys wins or the Saints fans. But Dak Prescott is for Halton, so I do pull for him. Yeah. Okay. There's that. But let me ask you this now: <laughs> Isn't justice supposed to be blind? I, I think I've asked this or pro proposed this question or, or quandary that I have before on this show, but justice is supposed to be blind. Why do judges even declare a party? I, I'm being a little facetious with that. So if y'all want to have at me in the comments and let me know why, but you know, I, I and I realize they're going to declare a party, blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying in theory, the judge's party should not matter in the pure sense of the law. I know it does. Oh, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. And, um, boy, my, my stuff is all messed up. I totally, I totally agree. And I will tell you, uh, as we go through this and a lot of y'all are going to be like, uh, why are you showing me all this? You're kind of going to be blown away by, you're going to be blown away by some of the the other bills that were offered in the Senate today. And I'm sure these same or similar bills came through on the House side in regards to this Supreme Court uh, change issue here. So with that said, one of them, if you'll go to I think you are on cut eight, if you'll go to cut nine. OK, so that's hold on. That is cut six. Cut eight is the adding justices. Cut nine is something else. Well, if you're uh, on cut six, go to cut eight. Okay, hold on. Well, cut eight's a PDF. Is that the oh. one you want? That's okay. Uh, I can go to cut nine as the next map. Is that what you want? Okay, well, go back to cut two. I'm sorry. Y'all bear with us. Which cut do you have up right there? That's cut nine, the next Supreme Court one. Okay, um, here here was another uh, 
there here was another map that was proposed and if i recall correctly this was another proposal in adding two more adding two more justices and this particular bill um one two three four five six seven eight nine i'm only seeing nine and i think there should have been ten i don't know what the deal is here but anyway anyway this this bill was offered and it passed out of committee but i gotta tell you and this one was proposing to rather than you know cutting up all of the existing districts it was basically um adding two more districts which would make the existing district shrink just a little bit but it was adding two more justices <clears throat> um, and it almost didn't pass out of committee. In fact, uh, if it wasn't, I mean, the, the, the chairman, ironically, I mean, and a lot of the, the Republicans here, I mean, which, you know, I mean, look, we've got Democrat people watching and we've got Republican, you know, folks that are watching and there's been a lot of angst amongst Republicans as to why on earth, would you have a Democrat chairing the committee on redistricting? Um, right. But I got to tell you, I'm, my opinion, the Democrat chairing the committee, he was doing a good job. He was being fair. He was he. There was no bias. Uh, he he was doing a good job. I I, I got to give credit where credit was due. There there wasn't no bias at all in there. Anyway, that said, this bill was offered by a Republican changing the districts from seven justices to, to 10. Um, I think it was 10. And it, it almost didn't get anybody making a motion to move to vote on it. Uh, and do you want me to add that to the screen, the PDF with the bill? If it's the same one, cause I, I can't the, remember. Let me see that bill right there. Scroll up to the top to see the bingo yep that's it so okay. that might would explain and that was the interesting takeaway <clears throat> why it almost didn't get out of committee because nobody for whatever reason it didn't seem that anybody wanted to vote to move this out of committee but one member did said hey you know what i'm gonna vote for it i, I move that we move this to the floor favorably and then they had a vote and the vote it passed to move it to the floor and if you keep scrolling down here keep scrolling keep scrolling keep scrolling and when you get right there uh it's actually nine my 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 mistake so one chief justice eight associate justices increasing it by two you know i don't think there would have been any opposition had it not been uh from who had presented the bill and it was Alan Seaball. And so I, I think there was something going on there. I kind of sensed that there was a long pause and uh, a friendly Senator um, made sure that it, it moved. Hmm. Okay. So a little bit of the, in the weeds of what's been going on in Baton Rouge. Sounds like they did have a long day. Yeah. And that, that was not the only thing. So, Let's go to cut two, and, and I we'll get off of this here in just a second. We'll get to the good stuff of Bowser City. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, let me see. Soon let me enough. Clear, let me clear out some screens. Hold on. My clicker's not clicking like I want to. Okay. 
cut to uh here we go so That's... something that some th this was another proposal by senator miguez now everybody knows blake miguez has been on our show before blake was in the house he ran for the senate and won and he's in the senate and blake had a bill that's really uh pretty dadgum simple and mm -hmm. i don't know that his bill is actually to the northwest louisiana is actually a benefit to northwest louisiana or for that matter even to monroe or northwest north northeast or northwest louisiana i don't know that this bill does it and here's the reason why so what blake said and, and I got to tell you, the points that he made and the arguments that he made, he's on point. He was correct. And this is some of what he shared. Of all the states in the United States, there's only five states that have their, their Supreme Courts uh, divvied up according to districts and then voted on by those individual districts. Us being one of the five. So... He made the point when he articulated, he said, you know, here we are, we're coming in fresh. We got a new governor who says that, hey, you know what? We need to look at what other states are doing. We need to try to replicate what other states are doing. We need to try to change the way we do business. We all acknowledge and agree we're falling behind. We need to do something different. He says all the arguing about districts and 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 you know, moving the line here, moving the line there. He's like, let's just be done with this. He said, I propose that we make all the Supreme Court justices elected by statewide election. You do away the districts. I, okay, that's interesting, but that's too simple. <laughs> that, there's no way no, that'll fly. That's just too simple. Well, it's way too simple, but just hang on before you make a decision. Let me give you all a little bit more. So there are 22 states in the nation that that's how they do it. All their Supreme Court justices are elected by way of, you know, a statewide election. The problem with that is, is everybody watching, y'all tell me, how many statewide elected officials do you know come from northwest or northeast louisiana not, not very damn many it's pretty slim so the the likelihood that we will have you know lawyers run for uh you know a statewide office and be able to compete against you know people from orleans or baton rouge I got to tell you, I don't know about how good of a chance that they have. I, I really don't. Good point. Uh, good point. Yeah, Andy Monica says New Orleans would rule. Probably so. Well, a Andy, I mean, yes, Orleans Parish carries a big stick. They, they do. I mean, they've got all of these numbers. But look... Um, from a limited government conservative standpoint, uh, ideology, you know, you've got your Jeff Landry's, you, you've got those type folks that are winning, but I just don't see anybody north of I-10 um, winning judge seats. I, I may be wrong, uh, but that that's just my take.
with this mm. type of thing. And, and I got to tell you, I think this potentially I could envision and see the legislature taking the easy way out. This would be the easy way out. And all of them could say, hey, you know what? Statewide election, we don't have to draw these districts anymore. We're done with this. There's no, there's, we don't even have to go to court over this. It's over with. Mm. <laughs> I'd have to think about that for a minute because, yeah, our challenge would be even if we did have some, you know, lawyers or, or existing judges or whatever from the north of, you know, Alexandria, north of I-10 run for that matter, um, the chances of them getting elected would not be the greatest because of population, right? Is that the basic theory? Well, that's that. That's basically what I'm saying. I mean, uh, look, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, not in that community of lawyers. I, I would think that lawyers from uh, the Bozier Bar and and lawyers from Bozier Parish would agree that the likelihood of a lawyer from say Bozier or Caddo being able to compete with a lawyer from say Baton Rouge or Orleans, uh, their their odds are slim to none. I, I well, just but but don't know that they could pull it off. And I'm having, you know, one of those evenings where everything's slightly fuzzy. So I'd have to think about the math and the numbers and the turnout at the polls would really determine that. And then, of course, having candidates willing to run. Well, I did not see this coming. I, I didn't see it at all. And I got to tell you, I feel like this has legs. I, I feel like that this might go somewhere and nobody saw this coming hmm. far too simple to me i mean surely they'll never do something that easy and simple but we'll see we will see all right so i'm going to switch us both back over to our ice storm <laughs> um <laughs> so we basically talked about closed primaries uh what do we want to talk about next well, I got to say, was that that background the uh, reception that you got at the Charter Commission or what? <laughs> well, I understand there were some uh, interesting words that were made there, interesting statements. Yeah, there were. So uh, let me just preface this part of the show with I do not have video because they did not stream or record uh record the video of the charter commission meeting now i did turn on my phone and record the audio and according to your best friend richard ray um they were recording the audio as well so i guess i could request that audio and get a super clean track so i've got a couple of brief notes because it wasn't that exciting uh you know as far as anything really happening with the first meeting but yeah, uh, your best friend Juliana, um, she and again, I've, I've got it in the audio, so I'm trying to loosely paraphrase from memory here. But her basic premise was, you know, just they all need to get along and be professional. She didn't use that word, but something to that effect, uh, because those who are the loudest aren't necessarily always right, and it was a veiled reference. To you and I, because one of the councilmen in the room texted me immediately after she said that. And he was like, oh, she's talking about you. <laughs> so, well, and I didn't, well, I didn't say anything at the meeting. I, I literally kept quiet. 
Well, I wasn't even there. I know. See, but here's what I would encourage Juliana to realize. Just by saying something like that, you're feeding our egos. Because what you actually claimed was not true, and it's not true because of the fact that you actually claimed it. You had to take the time to utter those words in that meeting proves that we have just a sliver of influence, just a little, a wee little bit. Oh, and we're living, we're living rent-free in her head. Come on. I, I, you're living rent-free in her head. I ain't even, I don't want to be in her head. Good gosh, man. That's, I'd need Prozac or something. It Jesus. was, it was something else. So, uh, our friend Wes Marriott says he has the video and will upload it soon. Good deal. We'll be able to, uh, snag that from you. Of course, giving you credit. Um, Andy Monica says, let's see. Oh, and, uh, Wes, hey, but, but she's going to do the right thing. She's going to give the citizens of Bozier term limits. She's going to give it to them. Hold, hold on a second. So I have, good I have faith. She's going to give the citizens of Bozier what she what they want. Well, I'm going to blow your mind and tell you the positive vibes I had from that meeting. But our good friend David Womack says, I lost y'all. What meeting? It was the Charter Commission meeting, which was today after the city council meeting. So it ended up being around 4.30-ish and didn't get over till I don't know, 5.30 or whatever time it was that we got out of there. So that, that was a meeting there. Now... Well, look, David. David gets smoke signals in South Bozier, so he. Well, he's he probably iced no, in. He's probably on the planet Hoth down there from Empire Strikes Back. Like everybody else, there's no way he could have made it. I mean, look, I literally got stuck today, and I got a four wheel drive dually. I got stuck twice. Hey. I almost ran into the ditch. It was that slick, but. So so that brings me full circle to. Wait a minute. We had a Bozier City Council meeting and a Charter Committee meeting. Yes, we did. I mean, and I, I actually went to both of them, Duke. I was I was so uh, had cabin fever from not really doing a whole lot yesterday and today. I was like, oh, I'm going to the meeting. See ya. So, so you're telling me you ignored the warnings of all government to stay off the roads that it was dangerous. You ignored well, that, right? If I wasn't getting older and had more gray hair, I would have been out there on a hydro slide or, you know, pick your favorite plastic container to be pulled behind a pickup truck. But I'm getting a, just a tad bit old for that. So I left that up to my kids who are 20 something years old, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, I just ignored all the safety regulations like a good redneck and safety suggestions of the state police. And, of course, I drove up there. I got a four wheel drive. OK, so what so I know what how to drive. I know how to drive in the ice. I lived in Mountain Home, Arkansas in southern Missouri. I, I just I just want to make sure I understand this clearly. So for everybody, except for the people that were going to the council meeting and to the charter committee, it was not safe to be outside. It was not safe to drive. According to our public officials, that is correct. And okay. look, I'll, I'll say this, you know, some of the roads uh, with the sun being out today had started melting off, but there's still a lot of ice out there, a lot. And, you know, of course, it's refreezing tonight. And they, they made that point that they needed to try to get the meeting done, you know, hopefully before dark, before the temperature dropped again. Uh, I'm just checking our feed on Facebook here while I'm so, trying to talk. So, so uh, all right. So I, I understand it now. So 
the only people that were that that could handle you know and be safe were anybody that went to the Bowser City Council meeting or the charter committee. Anybody cool. else, y'all were living dangerously. You were but, endangering the lives of, you know, public safety. You were endangering the lives of other citizens. You know, I who knew? Yeah, well, uh, but of course it, um, you know, the big thing was, like we said in our Facebook post, money. It's all over money. Because... Let's see, was it, uh, Wes, correct me in the comments, was it um, was it Hammonds that brought up a motion, and I think Chris seconded it, to um, to table, basically table everything except for two items that dealt with fire and police, and there was one other. Uh, and they just flat out refused to do that. I mean, Bubba Don's big deal was, well, we're already here. Why, why can't we just do this stuff anyway? I mean, completely missing the point. That regardless of whether, let me get on my soapbox for a second. Bear with me. Get on Re your soapbox. Regardless of whether people show up at the meetings or not, regardless of whether, you know, half the time there's crickets out there in the audience, the appearance of the city council of Bossier City is that y'all just don't give a damn. You, you think y'all can just do what you want and who cares about the public? Y'all need to hire somebody, some PR or marketing firm. You really do, because y'all's public image is in the toilet. It really is. And today, prove that fact, because y'all didn't care. Y'all wanted to ram this deal on there so you could get the Manchat contract approval done and what was it 30-something percent increase and you wanted to make darn sure that you got that millage passed to get it on the ballot April the 27th by the way for everybody that's listening all right so PR department hire somebody all right I'm done for well they did hire somebody but you're right they absolutely don't care it doesn't matter they've proven that time and time again I was Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, Weston was there. He was talking to the colonel. He was there. He was talking the same old, the same old sure. people. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that being mean, the same old people. But, <laughs> Did you just call the colonel old? <laughs> but, but, well, it's just, it's the same. Every meeting, it's the look, same people talking, and the council don't listen to them. It goes uh, in one ear and look, the other. They don't hear uh, anything that they say. The poor and, colonel, and he's like the Rodney Dangerfield at the city council meetings. No respect. You call him old. They harass him all the time at the council meetings. Even Phyllis talks about the colonel. But, but you know, the truth of the matter is, is had they canceled the meeting, was any, you know, substantial amount of people from the public going to show up and express and say anything? No, they wasn't. They wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they weren't. They, they they weren't. But that's that's the government's responsibility to me isn't let me see if I can word this correctly because I'm flying off by the seat of my pants here. The deal is not whether people actually show up or not. It's what the government's responsibility is, and their responsibility, in my opinion, was to if you if you declare a state of emergency, I mean the parish did that, if your government officials, including Tommy Chandler, the mayor, say that City Hall is closed and everything except essential employees, 
you know, plus you have other government officials recommending everybody stay home. You have the state police recommending people stay off the roads unless it's absolutely necessary. I would say you probably could have delayed the city council meeting a couple of days. I mean, you know, or, or but, I, right. I, I guess, I guess they'd have to make an ordinance or pass a resolution to have the meeting. <sighs> yeah. But, but, it, right. it, for the but they had to. They had no choice. This was the last day the Boater City Council yeah. they had to meet. Because if they didn't meet, they were gonna let down the public safety, the firemen and the policemen. Well, you're right. It's ten mil ten mils worth of taxes they, for the firemen and police. They were gonna let them they would let them down. They had no choice. They had to risk life minute. and they had to risk life and limb to be there to make sure that they get this, you know, to where it'll go to the bond commission and be able to wait, 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 hold the frozen horses for just a second. If the city council hadn't waited to the last minute to actually get this done, then I wouldn't be sitting here griping about this and they could have fairly easily delayed the meeting or waited to the next meeting, but oh no, they had to wait to the last minute. So that should tell you, Bossier City firemen and Bossier City policemen, where you stand on the majority of the council's priorities list last. Well, there, it, I said it. In, in previous shows, I, I have said to everybody, having been a fireman, and it still stands true to this day, firemen and policemen are the wedge against the public. And today, firemen and policemen were used, they were used, and I'm, I'm going to not use one of my colorful comments that I might normally would use, but they used you to be able to vote on Manshack, giving them a 30% raise while thumbing their nose at all of you. So, oh, but wait, it gets worse. Hold on. Let me pull my other soapbox out. Tommy Chandler. Tommy, 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 Tommy. <sighs> Amanda needs to print you a set of prepared statements to make. And you just need to read from that script and not say anything else. Because you did yourself no favors today. Literally defending the city council. And having your PIO, uh, what's his name, Lewis? I think that's the guy's name. Anyway, nice guy. But having him come up there and remind everybody that the mayor's office did put out that the city hall was closed except for essential personnel. But the, the city council meeting was ongoing. Tommy, you had a golden opportunity to seize the mic and say, look, we're having the city council meeting. But I really didn't think it was a good idea. I think the voices of the people should have been allowed to be heard. And so I'm not necessarily for having this council meeting right now. But oh no, you had to screw it up and be a good old boy. Now that's the problem. Now, can you back that up? Because I didn't actually get to see all of the council meeting. I chimed in late and it almost seems as if you're trying to uh, say that Tommy went out there on a limb. He went out there on the good old boy limb is what it seems like. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, it is. It's exactly what I'm trying to say. So hold on. Uh, I think I can cue this up. So folks y'all bear with me because they didn't get the city council meet. They streamed it, 
but they didn't get it switched over where we could upload it and timestamp and do all that. So bear with me just a second. Let me get this queued up here and then I'll switch screens over. Uh, so I'm not, we're not going to do the play by play of everything tonight uh, because we don't have it all timestamped, but there are a couple of good points that I want to get in here. And so give me just a second. So, so I, I am, I am, you know, I'm thinking if I'm a Bozier fireman and policeman, and the reason that I'm, I'm a little, you know, this, this utter disregard, it takes me back to a time when I was there and we literally, uh, we had firemen and policemen leaving and some, in some cases, some of them were just going across the river to Shreveport. And I got to tell you, if I'm a Bozier fireman or policeman today, when we're going to give raises like to the tune of what they're doing and totally disregarding us, I got to tell you, I think I might would uh, be considering looking, looking to move. And well, if I'm a Bozier city citizen, I, I, that would concern me. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like I said, I, you know, I said it firemen and policemen, are pretty much on the majority of the council, not every councilman, but on the majority of the council's low priority rung on the ladder. All right, so let me switch screens here. I think I've got this queued up to the right place. So this is Tommy on, with the public information officer on the council canceling. I think this is a soundbite, so hold on. Here we go. All right, you have a first and a second on postponing these remaining items. Can I, uh, my PO, could you come here? Did you put out a notice for this meeting to be canceled any kind of way? Or the Charter Commission. Um, thank you, Mr. Or, Mayor. Or the Charter Commission. Did you, did you postpone it? I did put out the information as it related to um, the City Council meeting on today. Uh, I put out in capital letters that it will not be canceled. And in addition to that, I also put out that the Charter meeting would take place as well and I put the times and the location and I did it both uh, press release which goes out to all the media as well as our Facebook page so I what's wrong with that well nothing's wrong with it except a it it again Tommy had the opportunity to flip the script on the city council right there and it just on the good old boys. And it just tells me he's he's absolutely on board with the good old boys. Because there's another instance concerning Manchak in here where he's just Yeah, well well if if I was if if I was one of the councilmen that cared, I would have said, Well, did y'all also not put out a notice to the public to stay off the roads and be safe and that they're treacherous and all that? Did y'all not do anything like that? Or, oh, was that just only every other government agency? If so, why didn't you? Why is everybody else? And I'm sure everybody else is doing it because the EOC is saying, hey, things are treacherous. Why did Bossier City not? Is it because... Well is it because we either a wanted to endanger the citizens of Bossier city and making them try to come to a council meeting or a charter commission meeting or that one we needed to give cover for us being able to do our bidding legislatively that we wanted to rush through 
Well, speaking of comments from Wes Marriott, who says Jeff Free has the sole authority to cancel meetings, uh, let's listen to Wes. I, I backed us up here in the meeting for a few minutes. Let's listen to Wes because I think, if I'm at the right time stamp, um, he talks about the ice here. So hold on a second. Let me get let me get this thing queued up. Here we go. You are all well on this bitterly cold day where the temperature struggled to rise above freezing and the biting wind chill of six degrees this morning froze over our roads and served as a stern reminder of winter's grip on our community. As you know, our city is currently facing extreme icy road conditions. Streets are covered in one inch to more in solid icy to freezing rain over the last couple of days. We don't have the infrastructure to prepare or respond to this rare weather, and rightly, Bossier Parish has declared a state of emergency with our schools and government offices wisely deciding to close, recognizing the danger these conditions pose. In this moment, we find ourselves in a situation where public safety should be paramount. Mayor Chandler, the police jury President Rogers, and many individual council members here have issued public safety notices urging our residents to stay home and avoid unnecessary travel. Their concern for safety is both valid and appreciated. Yet we're here today convening a city council meeting. I must point out the hypocrisy and apparent contradiction in urging our community to stay home for their own safety while at the same time moving forward with important city business in a manner that severely limits public participation. We have an important agenda today, there can be no doubt. There are discussions on expensive and possibly unlawful Manshack contract extensions and a tax millage renewal, matters of significant consequence. However, given the hazardous weather and the advice provided by our local officials, it's my firm belief that proceeding with this meeting today under these circumstances would be a disservice to thousands of residents who are encouraged by this administration to stay home and stay safe. All right, so I'm going to stop him right there because Wes says it very eloquently. Hey, look, you got all these government officials, including some of you sitting up on the bench that advised everybody to stay home, yet we're having a meeting and we encourage you to come to the meeting and get out there on the ice. Now, you know, I drove from, you know, Hickory Ridge from basically Shed Road exit all the way to the meeting, drove there relatively safe, 20, 25, 30 miles an hour. But I've got four-wheel drive. I know how to drive in the ice. And a lot of people that might have wanted to go to that meeting couldn't do that. Well, hey, you know, I just wanted to point out, you know, I mean, to the hundred people that are watching, did and Rex, you you were out. Did you did you see, you know, Wade's crew and all those people? Did you see them all out on airline drive and Benton Road cleaning cleaning the roads? Well, did you see them? I didn't. In in my trek to City Hall and back, no. did anybody watching, did y'all all see, you know, the, the, all of those guys out there cleaning on Benton Road and Airline Drive? Did y'all see them out there? Did anybody? Oh, oh, wait a minute. That's right. No, you didn't see them because they were at City Hall cleaning the sidewalks off so that you wouldn't have a slip and fall <laughs> going into the council meeting. I, I did that, notice that the sidewalks that, at City Hall were miraculously clean. That's right. So, you know. If if any of you citizens, I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, the, the attorneys in Shreveport and Bossier, probably if you had an accident and you were on the way to the council meeting um, because it was safe and, I, you know, I, I don't know, I'm thinking you might ought to call the city council and say, hey, I was trying to come to the meeting because it was safe in Bossier City. I mean, every place else it wasn't safe, but it was safe in Bossier City. Maybe you ought to give them a call. Well, and look, again. Even if they had postponed it and had it next week when it was 70 degrees outside, 
it may have still looked like that with just a few people. And again, there were there are a few more folks over to the screen right that you know you don't get that camera angle. But it again, it's the appearance and the principle of it. It doesn't matter if just one person shows up. Oh, that daggum principle of the thing. You know, that's kind of like that old adage of the shoe bees on the other foots. So yeah, yeah. what, so, what other anyway. wisdom did we have? What other wisdom did we have uh, well, spewed out here? Let me see if I can go through. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, this is this is a good one. All right. So uh, I think this is where they discuss Manchak. Now, let me let me back up to or let me go forward to 1816. Hold on. That's close enough. All right. So now you're fixing here the reading of the agenda item for Manchak. So we'll go through that for just a second. Adopt an ordinance authorizing the attached amendment with Manchak Consulting Group, Inc., extending their services to the city of Bossier City. Final reading. So moved. Second. First by Councilman Montgomery. Second by Councilman Williams. Surprise, Comments surprise. From the audience. All right. And, and apologies, Wes. I'm not going to go through Wes's deal tonight because I'd rather have that time stamped and all that. But, of course, Wes got up. Uh, Colonel Crockett got up and talked about it. But then... <laughs> then Tommy gave us his thoughts on the RFQ RFP because, of course, Wes and Colonel Crockett's contention was that the uh, RFPs and RFQs and all that request for proposal and request for quote or whatever the Q stands for are not illegal, as Richard Ray claimed. So then Tommy got the opportunity to chime in on that. So let me get right up here to about here. And y'all listen to this. Comments from the audience. Comments from the oh, Mr. Question. President, I'm going to. My, my computer went dead. Phyllis, is there any way you can come? I'm sorry, y'all can go ahead. My computer died. I'm just going to ask the mayor to um, <laughs> give us uh, his thinking on the request that I made for RFQ. Yes, I did send you that. I didn't get Mr. Marriott's email, but but I did do my own research, and it was determined that you could ask for an RFQ, and it was something I sent to you, and I think you may have sent it to the. This is great. Team. Listen to this. Okay, what's what's your thoughts on that alone? Not not his thoughts, but your thoughts. My thoughts is, of course, RFQ is going to be same as that other one. It's, they say that either one is going to be the same difference and in, in that you cannot have, you know, out for bid or something like that on a, on a, on this type of work on, you know. Phone a friend, Tommy. Phone a friend. Richard. <laughs> the RFQ. Yes, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Darby, I would stand by the, the, uh, comments that I made in the last council meeting the uh, I stand by my advice to this body uh, as the assistant city attorney that revised statute 382318.1 which was revised to be effective in August of 2021 prohibits this municipality from putting out any type of request for proposals, requests for quotes, requests for qualifications, 
anything that has to do with professional engineering services. That specific law prohibits it. All right. Now, I'm about to finish playing this, and I want everybody to listen closely because this should be the point where Tommy completely contradicts one of the things that he campaigned on. And I don't have it time-stamped and queued up, so I'll have to do it next week. But to Chris Smith's credit, Chris Smith called Tommy out, said, look, it was me and you and Cheatham that came up here before the city council, and we were advocating for an audit of Manchac. It was us. And he basically said, I thought we had integrity. So I want you to listen to Tommy's comments and thoughts on Manchac now. And ask yourself, what changed from the Three Amigos time period to now? So listen up. Okay. And then you was asking what my what I thought about it. Okay, Ben, how many how many hours have you worked the past couple of days with this with this weather down like it is? I mean you haven't you haven't had a chance to go home, have you? And everybody calls them every time. What I'm saying is they do a lot of work that we don't we don't, you know, have to ask for. I mean he I called him and he was already up at the water plant already mm -hmm. working. So I mean my idea is we have somebody good doing it now. Why should we? Why should we look for somebody else? Because we don't know how those other people are going to do. Now you can get the lowest bidder. Lowest bidder is not always the best person you can get. <clears throat> I mean, they're going to give you, some, you know, less work too. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. So, in my opinion, is I I, I like Manshack. They, I, when I first came in, mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that everything was going smooth with what they were did. I want to see how they did. They proved themselves. And. Uh, mm -hmm. There you I go, myself, folks. I call. I know everybody up here on, on this board calls him all the time, and he's there every time to fix it. So uh, I, even that forty-two inch water water main up in north, he fixed that. All right. So I I gotta ask a question. I mm -hmm. I gotta ask a question here, and I gotta ask this question to Tommy Chandler. Tommy Chandler, will Manshack be billing for overtime? Hmm. Gee, I I think. We talked about that last time we had ice. You know, we we did talk a little bit about that. Hmm. And I'm just wanting to know, is Manshack going to be billing overtime? So it, do they have a bed? If, if Ben hasn't went home, do they have a bed where Ben has been sitting up there so that he could stay for 24 hours straight or however long it is and not going home? And then it's going to turn around and bill. I mean, Tommy, is he going to bill for overtime? I'm just well, wondering. Here's part of my thinking from sitting there analyzing this because my blood was about to boil, but I didn't say anything. I didn't want to suck all the oxygen out of the room. Notice Tommy was actually pretty coherent in what he just stated. It was easy to follow along. You know why? Because he understands that, and I th he firmly believes, he is firmly in the Manchac camp now. And he's having a problem separating what Ruttenbuck does personally and professionally from the principle of the Manchac and legality, or illegality as the case may be, of the Manchac contract. And that's the problem. I'm a, we've never... Uh, I don't think ever 
said anything negative about the quality of work or quantity of work that Ben does. And I'm, and honestly, I'm sure the other engineers, we may not agree with it. We may not have liked closing down that part of Shed Road and all that. But we can separate, Duke, you and I and everybody watching the show can separate and know the difference between the personalities and the professional and legal side of this and governmental side of this. And therein lies the problem, the biggest problem. But Tommy just 100% went back on one of the things he ran on for mayor. Uh, I mean, I, I it's frustrating, very frustrating to me. Well, I, I think one of the other things he talked about was an audit. I mean, I, I don't remember the exact language. We have it in all of our stuff. We can go back and find it. But, you know, the audit that was talked about, I mean, I don't think that they ever really did that. I think he said every penny or every dime or every dollar, something to that effect. But I don't know that they've done that either. And, um, you know, just more of the same. He's, yeah. uh, on, he's on board with Manchac and not even willing to consider anything else. And, but I want to know about that overtime. I mean, uh, yeah. contractually, do they have it in their contract about overtime? Um, yeah. did they have it in their contract? Uh, Mr. Mayor, did they have it in their contract before you became the mayor for the last ice storm? How about that one? Yeah. Um, All right. I, so, uh, not to interrupt you, but I want to give Darby a little credit, actually a lot of credit, for his stance at today's meeting and the points that he brought up. So I'm going to hit play because he'll be up in just a few seconds. And let's listen to, uh, I think I've got it cued right, to a little bit of Darby on Manchac. Immediately in a day and a half maybe or faster than that. So, yes, I'm, I'm confident with their work, and I, I don't see why we need to try to find somebody else. Oh, there you I, go. I, I, I too, Mayor, agree that uh, there's no uh, reservations regarding uh, Mr. Rostenbach's ability uh, to wait a minute. serve as engineer. I I don't I don't see any reason why we need to try to find somebody else. Right. I mean, so I why didn't he just say? I can't see any reason why we should even consider any alternatives other than the one before us. You're saying that there's no, you're basically saying nobody else can do it. Yeah. No, that's nobody it. else. It doesn't matter. They could be from Greenland. If Manchak's from Greenland, by gosh, we're giving it to them. To hell with anybody from Bozier. Well, <laughs> now, <laughs> As things may go, you know, we reported uh, uh, about 10 or 12 shows back on their, was it their CEO that decided he was headed over to help Hamas or whatever the deal was. <laughs> um, so, you know, remember, Manchak has been bought out by Wagoner. Is it Wagoner Engineering? Yeah, Wagner Group or something Wagner like that. Wagner Group, something like that. And as we reported... You know, they're, I think he's the CEO or whatever, had uh, gave this big long email dissertation to, you know, all the company bigwigs that he was taking some personal leave because he was pissed off about the uh, Israel Hamas situation. And I don't know, he was going over 
help Hamas dig tunnels or whatever he was going to do. Apparently, as the rumor has it, uh, he's no longer with Wagner Group. So I don't know if we should take total credit for that because apparently our show was November the 7th, I think, when we reported on that. By November the 23rd, he had been scrubbed by the website or scrubbed from the website, I think. So I don't know if we can take total credit for that, but just so. You know, it would it would make one wonder, did Bozier City ever even consider that? I mean, I think I heard yeah, well, wait a minute. Look, Darby, he said Darby, he, he mentioned it. All right, let's let's hit play and see what else he has to say. You're right. He he does a good job. I've said that publicly. I don't deny that today. He does. But what I am concerned about is having uh the three P extended for four more years without, again, looking at are we getting the most out of saving for the taxpayers? When this contract of 3P was first done, you were not here, but I was here, and there was no competitive bidding on that contract. This is a renewal of a contract. Partial is the engineer portion of it, but it also is attached to the 3P. And so going forward, I think we we have to think about uh, not only this private provider, but we have to think about the citizens and the dollars that we're using Somebody mentioned the this company. It, it's, it's not even, I don't know if Manshack still is. The, does the, dollars were, the dollars we're using to supplement this company. Does, oh. And does everybody understand what he's talking about there? He, what he's talking about there is you're talking about professional services being mixed in with other services that, okay, so... If Richard, let's just let's just say Richard Ray is right. I'm not saying I agree with Richard Ray or that Richard Ray is right. I'm not saying he's wrong, but let's just let's just assume Richard Ray is right that you don't have to bid or put out there for the for you know other people to have an opportunity to get the business from government. You know, uh, let's assume he's right on the engineering part. What Darby is saying is is that. You have coupled, we, the city of Bozier has coupled the engineering private services with other services of Bozier City that, that have to be, you know, issues and, and problems that have to be managed, you know, and you're wrapping them in the cocoon of you don't have to bid it out or you don't have to get RFPs because you've got the engineer portion in it. Well, that's that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's trying to, I don't know, uh, trying to separate that out. And the problem is, you know, it, it's so, so tangled up. It's such a tangled web that I don't know if you could if you could ever pry them out of there. I mean, it would literally take a court, a judge, and an appeal in the court ruling, and an appeal in the Supreme Court of Louisiana ruling to probably pry those guys out of there now. But, but you know what? I, and I look, I credit Darby for making the argument that he ran, I mean, that he made. But the fact of the matter is, is the King, Bubba Williams, 
Jeffrey and Vince Maggio, they're a rubber stamp. I mean, they 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 punch their good old boy card again yeah. repetitively, and they don't care what y'all out there in the public think. They could care less. Jeffrey and Maggio, they're, they're talking about putting their name in the hat to be your next mayor. They want to be <laughs> your next mayor. They want to run against Tommy, and they don't care what you think. They could hey, care less. You know what's interesting? I think my city councilman is Jeff Free. And now, granted, I've never so reached gonna, out. To, you're going to run against Jeff Free. Oh, hell no. I'm never running for office again. Let I, me repeat I think, that. I think ever. we should nominate you to run against Jeff Free. Well, you can nominate all you want. But <laughs> let me just say this. But the reverse, I've never reached out to Jeff Free for anything. But the reverse of that is true as well. Now, all the squawking you and I have done for 188 shows or whatever it is. Actually, it's more than that. But anyway, for a lot of shows, all this squawking we've done, he has never once called me and said, look, can we get together and let's talk about what your real issues are? Not once. Why should he they call don't... you? Oh, I'm not saying what? he should. Why should Juliana call me? That, that, yeah, I, I'm not saying that he... I'm not saying should, that he has to or even wanting to, but it's the principle of it. It should be the other way around. We should kiss their ass. Yeah. Don't, we, don't you know your role? That's the point, Mr. Lauer. You got it. <laughs> oh, I got oh, it. All right. Lord. Okay. So honestly. Loud mouth you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to quote your favorite female attorney. Uh, who works for multiple agencies as a police juror and whatever. What else does she do? Oh, well, she's on the Charter Commission, too. Charter com yeah, no conflict yeah. of interest at all. With nothing. Yeah. All right. So, honestly, folks, that's all I had time to timestamp for tonight. Now, as you can see, that's only about a third of the way through the meeting. Granted, some of it was just normal, you know, Bozier City Council procedural stuff that, of course, nobody really has an issue with. Um, but we do have some more stuff that we'll get time stamped and we'll review, you know, at least for a few minutes next week. So, so you sat up there, you were at the charter commission. So what, tell me what of any consequence took place at the charter commission. And just before we go knee deep into that. So guys, why was it so imperative that they have this? Because one, they got to get manshack their money, you know, piss on the firemen and policemen, but we got to get manshack their money. They, I mean, that is the earth will stop spinning unless manshack gets your tax dollars. And the other thing is, is the earth will still stop spinning unless we get the wheels of motion to stop term limits. I mean, we, we no way can, you know, the city of Bozier be entrusted with you, the citizens, with anybody else other than the good old boy network, you know, who's currently in control. Yeah. Well, wow. all right. So let me give you the rundown. So again, I've got the audio. The city was supposed to be recording the audio and apparently Wes has got video or some video of it. And so we'll get that shared out, you know, over the next week or so and get our notes together and talk about it. Um, and I'll definitely have the audio and all that. But I just want to go over some things. So first of all, you know, it's kind of, I think this is what, two shows in a row maybe that I said I or that I'm saying I was actually encouraged uh, or felt encouraged about being at a 
governmental body or entity meeting. I mean, oddly enough, the last one was at the Cypress District meeting. I mean, I just felt a more positive vibe there. I, I got to say, at the city council meeting, did, were, you, were they? Did, did you drink any Kool-Aid at either of these meetings? Were they serving free drinks? It was. Uh, it definitely wasn't Flavor-Aid. wasn't okay. grape. But, well, no, look, I, as, as opposed to the city council meeting, you can feel the tension in the room. Really? I mean, it's just like on edge at the city council meetings. At the Charter Commission meeting, much like the Cypress District meeting that I last attended, I actually got a positive vibe from that. I mean, yeah, it was comical to listen to Juliana for a few minutes, but I got the feeling at that meeting, at the Charter Commission meeting this afternoon, which was after the city council meeting about 4.30 or so or whatever, um, that they really want to get down to business. Most of them do. Now, Juliana thinks that I guess it's just a tea party and that, I mean, like a Barbie-style tea party, not tea party, tea party, uh, because, I mean, her deal was, oh, oh I, I don't think we should be changing any of, any of that. And I, I don't think we, we really have the authority to do that. And amazingly, Richard Ray basically said the same thing, but the majority of the members seemed to be very engaged about what was wrong with some of the city ordinances and some shenanigans, as we call it, that have gone on versus what their directive was as far as, oddly enough, kind of making the city charter at least match what the city's done. And which is kind of reverse of the way it should be, because if the city's violating the charter, then technically they're breaking the law. And But at least they're trying to correct the ship. And so anyway... My vibe, or the vibe that I got from the Charter Commission meeting today, was overall very positive. Okay, okay. So did they vote and take any action on anything? Well, actually they did. So they voted uh, Preston Friedley, uh, I think I said his last name correctly, as the chairman. Sharp guy. Very sharp guy. Uh, apparently the, he and have the you Colonel, ever Have you ever met Preston or talked to Preston before? I, I want to say that was the first time I may have met him at some other function before because he kind of seemed familiar, but I think today was the first time. Okay. All right. So, um, they voted him as chairman. They voted Mr. Cheeto, Shane Cheatham, former amigo as the vice chair and Sandra Moorhart, uh, I believe she was the wife of Travis Moorhart. Uh, as the secretary, because apparently she's got some accounting or CPA experience and she's very good at note taking, she said. So they railroaded her into being the secretary and taking all the notes. So that's the really the official stuff that they did. They also approved the next meeting is going to be January the 30th. We'll publish this January the 30th at 11 a.m is going to be the next official meeting. So, do you have some questions about the meeting time? No, I am I I am good. So that's all the actions that they took was to set the next meeting and they uh determined who their executive board was. Yeah, uh they did also say that 
Um, they are going to try to move the meetings. Cheatham was advocating for meetings at 6 p.m. Um, you know, there's always debate about what time to do the meetings and all that, but he was advocating for uh, 6 p.m. meetings. Um, so there's going to be some more discussion about that. There was some discussion about, well, if we do them at 6 p.m., then we have to pay overtime. And Richard Ray was so worried about being able to get somebody to stream. I started to raise my hand and volunteer to stream the day. I gave things for free, but I didn't. Um, Marshall Whitman was there. So the city marshal, he said that uh, the city marshals would be okay if they move those meetings to Monday at 6 p.m. because... He could do some flexible scheduling with his deputies where it wouldn't really be any overtime to have those deputies stay to be able to, you know, attend and provide security for the meeting. So he got to give credit to the city marshal there. He was uh, definitely in favor of making the meetings happen or doing his part to help me make the meetings happen. Well, yeah, you know, it does sound like that might have been a productive meeting. So, yeah. Um, I, like I said, I was, you know, overall uh, enthused. Uh, they're going to have apparently a bunch of meetings because the time frame for this is 18 months. Now, that, that doesn't mean that the Charter Commission is going to meet for 18 months straight, but according to Amanda, um, the time frame for all this to happen is 18 months, so the Charter Commission will have to operate it inside of that. They have no budget for anything, so... I don't know if they're going to try to work with Amanda, not Tommy. I would have to be Amanda to try to get some, you know, some sort of budget or I, I don't know. But anyway, overall, very positive for the first meeting. Andy Monica says, do any of these people have real jobs? Well, <laughs> define real job, Andy. So, uh, let's see, uh, Weston Mary, uh, oh, David Crockett, Colonel Crockett says they are public meetings. Yes. Richard Ray did make that point that he's, uh, he considers these as public meetings and wants to treat them as public meetings. So they will be at, at a minimum recording audio and they're going to work on streaming these as well. Um, West Marriott says talking about, um, Preston says uh, he's president of the tourism board, our past president, so he's an excellent choice. Uh, Crockett says, shout out to Jeter comments. Yeah, so um, Lee Jeter did bring up a good point that um, the city council meetings, if they try to do these charter commission meetings at five or, or at four, excuse me, after the city council meeting, if the city council meetings go long, that's going to push into the charter commission meeting. So, Again, that's the discussion on time frame, budget, that sort of thing. So there's my oh. initial report. Well, you know, here we are. I don't know how long we've been doing it. It seems like the show's been going a while. We're still hanging right there around, you know, just under 100 folks. And uh, I, I think we probably ought to not torture people anymore with any of this boring, wonky stuff. And it is kind of boring. And I do have a video queued up for us to end the show with. <laughs> oh, here. Are we going to attempt to uh, cancel ourselves again? Well, what would a Bozier watch be without my uh, fleeting attempt? But this one's not going to get us kicked off. It's not oh, going to get us kicked off. Now, no. is, 
Is this the first link to X that you have up in the introduction? Oh, I have it ready to go. All you got to do is share oh. my screen, bro. Oh, voila. So hold on. <laughs> I'm high achieving. I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So before we go to that, Weston says he'll stream the charter commission meetings if the city doesn't get it, blah, blah, blah. So just throw that out there. All right. Let me share your yeah, screen. So, so, if there, so if there's this little page called Sobo Live. And if anybody wants to go there, you could probably catch that over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this looks dangerous. Before you hit play, because we'll, ch I don't know how long it is, but we'll, we'll go out of here with this video. First, I want to thank everybody for watching. Number two, you know, you know the same drill. If you got an email, go make a Proton Mail account, send it to Bozier Watch at ProtonMail, ProtonMail.com if you have some information you want to share out. Juliana, I was seriously considering quitting Bozier Watch and stopping this whole thing and just leaving everybody out in the wind but because of the comments you made today at the charter commission meeting i'm not so we're gonna keep right on going okay mr lowry thanks juliana <laughs> all right well, I, guess, I guess next show we'll come back to the school board and ah, uh, yes special meeting we we didn't cover that but we are going to cover that you know they uh did make an appointment to fill the vacant seat on the school board and uh it was pretty interesting, the choice that they made. And uh, we, we've got some commentary on that. That'll give us some time to get that video loaded up as well, too, and ready. Yeah. All yeah. right. Take us out of here, Duke. One more time. Two, I'm going to hit finish. Three, uh, hit him again. Here we go. <laughs> See you, dude. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>